Turn with me in the scripture, please, this evening to verses we've been looking at in previous weeks on Friday. John, the 10th chapter. In John 10 and verse uh, 1, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. He that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep do what? Are you his sheep? The sheep do what? They hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Does he know your name? Does he call you? Do you hear his voice? Does he lead you? We need to agree with what the master said here. Verse 4, when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before him and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. Somebody say, I am his sheep. I hear his voice. I know his voice. He leads me, and I follow him. Now, please, don't say anything. Never say, I can't hear from God. That's in direct contradiction to what Jesus said. No matter how you feel, no matter what it looks like, agree with him. Agree with him. A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Now, there are many we should not follow. And there is him we should always follow. And it's our choice who we follow. I said it's our choice. In verse 14 he said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Are you his? Yes. He said you know him. Yes. <laughs> Has to be. If you don't know him, if you really don't know him, then you're not his. That's right. Because if you're born again, you met him. Amen. You've become acquainted with him. Right. Didn't say you know everything about him, but you know him. You've met him. Amen. And he knows you, and you know him. Verse 16, other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Where's some of those he's talking about there? Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Verse 25, Jesus said, I told you, you believe not the works I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not because you're not of my sheep. And I said to you, now, now you know, some people uh, try to preach and say that all mankind are brothers and that we are the universal family. But it's just not true. There are two spiritual families in the earth. Well, there's more than that, Brother Keith. Didn't you know? No, I'm telling you. There's only two. There's only two. And in the family of God, the only way you get in it is to be born again. And Jesus told some of the most religious people of his day, the Jewish leaders, you are of your father, the devil. Didn't he tell them that? So in other words, they're not in the family. The only way to get in the family is to be Born born again. It's not a natural blood thing. It's not a genetics thing. It's not a race thing. It's not a performance thing. It's not a gender thing. You must be born again. And if you've been born again, you're in. If you hadn't been born again, 
you're out. <laughs> I know a lot of folks don't like that. They don't like that. But you either believe the Bible or you don't. People try to say, well, there, there are many ways to God. I can't, be, uh, I can't be a believer of what Jesus said and agree with that. Because he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He's the only way. Nobody, he said, comes to the Father except by me. Is that true or not? If I say I'm a Christian, shouldn't I believe what the Christ said? He told these people, you're not of my sheep. And I said to you, my sheep hear my voice. Are you his sheep? Are you his sheep? Then you hear his voice. And I know them. And they follow me. Oh, thank God. And I give to them eternal life. And they'll never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The safest place to be is not a geographical location. It's not in a well-built house. It's not in a, in a neighborhood with extra police or security. The safest place to be is right in the middle of his hand. Right in the middle of his plan, his will, the place where he told you to be, doing what he told you to be doing. Because if you're there, nobody, nothing can rip you out of his hand. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Go with me to, or they'll put it up on the screen for us. Romans 8 and... 13, Romans 8, 13. He said, if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, when he's talking about flesh versus spirit, he's talking about being led. And we camped on that some last time, that the Spirit of God will endeavor you, if you're a born again child of God, the Spirit of God's in you. He will endeavor to lead you through inside. Verse 14, many led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Verse 15, you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of the world is a very different spirit from the spirit who lives in us. And God didn't give us the spirit of fear. The spirit in us is not the spirit that terrifies you. Amen. He's the spirit of adoption. The spirit that comforts you, makes you feel like you belong. Because you do. Amen. And in churches, families, a church is a family, a local church is a family. Families where the spirit of God is allowed to manifest, you feel that comfort. It doesn't feel, for lack of a better word, cold and stiff and exclusive. That doesn't mean we're going to agree with you that everything is right or that anything you decide to do is okay. But we'll love you in spite of what you're doing. (laughs) Someone said, well, if you love me, you just have to accept me the way I am. Said who? We don't have to accept all your goofy ways. And you don't have to accept our goofy ways. But if God loves you, I should love you. Is that right? And he'll love you in spite of a bunch of off-the-wall stuff. 
And a lot of times people are babies and they need to grow up. And as they grow up some, a lot of these things will just fall off naturally. Don't argue with people about so-called sin in their life. Because that's not really the issue. The issue is do they know the Lord? And do they love Him? And if they get close enough to Him and find out what He wants, then they'll have to make a decision on lifestyle issues. But just focusing on that is not going to get anybody anywhere. Because if they don't care what he thinks, they're not going to care what you think. (laughs) If they won't listen to him, they're not likely to listen to you. He said, uh, verse 16, the Spirit itself, many translations say himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit of God leads us through our spirit. The enemy would try to lead us through our flesh. We got into that in some detail last time. Galatians 5 talks about the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Talking about they pull against each other. And that the the desires and pulls of the flesh. And he mentioned any number of things including anger and and, uh, jealousies and fornication, adultery, all kind of things. The enemy will endeavor to lead you into things that's not right, that will hurt you through your own flesh. Your flesh and mine did not get born again when our spirit got born again. And God's not leading us through our flesh. That's why we don't go by physical sensations, hot flashes, cold flashes, Do not try to make those out to be the leadings of the Lord. Don't try to be led externally at all. Be led internally. Internally. And not led by the flesh. Now go with me please. Over to 1 John 2. 1 John 2. 24. I'm moving too quick. Uh, let's look at John 8:12. We'll work our way to 1 John. John 8:12, Jesus said, "I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life." He's talking about following him. In Revelation 3:20, Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will what? Will do what? Hear my voice. And open the door. I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Now we've already spent a lot of time on talking about how we hear. And again, if you, if you weren't here for some of those, I'm encouraging you. You need to get these and focus on this. Uh, being led by the Spirit is not something you learn all about in three days. Amen. And it's not something that's just taught all over the world. Amen. Have you found this out? Yes. It is so important. People believe all kind of things that are not true. They, they believe God's leading them through external circumstances. And making all, drawing all kind of wrong conclusions. 
And a whole lot of people, church-going people, good people, but they believe that basically everything that is happening is somehow God. Everything is not happening. And that nobody can really understand it. It's just his mysterious, unknowable will. But the scripture tells us in Ephesians not to be foolish, not to be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We have a responsibility to seek him and find it, to find out and then pursue that. Two of the most important things you'll ever learn in this life, period, is what to resist and what to yield to. Because if you're resisting God, you're messing up. And if you're yielding to the enemy, you're messing up. Many people. Christian people are yielding to things they should be resisting and resisting things they should be yielding to. How are you going to know the difference? Oh, thank God for this Bible. Thank God for the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit, who's in us. He will lead us if, somebody say if, if, if we'll follow. Now look at that again in, in Revelation 3.20. This is the master. Many people know this verse, and yet they'll turn around and contradict it with wrong theology. Jesus says, I'm coming in no matter what you think, because God is sovereign, and what I have determined is going to happen. I mean, a lot of folks would be shouting about that if it wasn't for looking at that verse right now. And verses will mess up a lot of theology. (laughs) Jesus said what? If you want to hear what I've got to say to you. You need to let me in. What if you don't let him in? Why is he knocking? (laughs) Because it's up to us. Whether we give him access. I know a lot of folks don't like that kind of talk. They don't believe. God is omnipotent. God is sovereign. What does that mean? They don't even know what they're talking about. What does that mean? Okay. God is sovereign. What if in his sovereignty. He left this up to you. (laughs) Then you can't leave up to him. What he left up to you. It's a cop out. It's spiritual laziness to try to leave everything up to God. It's just not reality. We have to choose. Hebrews. We already talked about this. But it will bear repetition. Hebrews 3 and 7. Very similar thing. The Holy Ghost says. Today if you will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts. Now, we camped on this for a whole time. Let me see if anybody remembers it. A whole Friday night. That him that has ears to hear, let him hear. hear. Is he talking about people that's got these on the side of their head? No. Well, what determines, what makes an ear that hears versus an ear that doesn't hear? The condition of the heart. Which is why he says, If you will hear his voice. Verse 7. If you will hear his voice. Do what? 
harden not your heart. Because if you harden your heart, you're not going to hear him. Doesn't that sound similar? If you wouldn't let him in, there's some hardening of heart going on there. If you won't let him in. And if we won't give place to him, if we won't invite him in, if we won't defer to him, submit to him, if our heart is not willing to hear anything he would tell us, willing to do what he would tell us, we're not going to hear some things. It's not that he's not talking to us. It's just we're on the AM band trying to pick up an FM station. And when our heart is tuned in, becoming willing, become believing, we'll begin to get it. We'll begin to get what he's saying to us. Do you believe this? Notice then in 1 John, where we mentioned earlier, 1 John 2, 24. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. Somebody say from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning, what did you do from the beginning? You heard something. If that which you've heard from the beginning remains in you, you shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. The emphasis is stay with what you heard from the beginning. And then he says it again. Stay with what you heard from the beginning. And if you do, you'll continue. What does that mean? Listen to Hosea, the sixth chapter and the third verse. Hosea 6, 3. Then shall we know if what? If we follow on to know the Lord, or you could say if we continue. His going forth is prepared as the morning. What does the morning do? It's dark, then it starts to get light. Then it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And he'll come to us as the rain, which is also progressive. The crop needs the rain in the spring. It needs the rain to sustain it. And then it needs the finishing rain for the harvest. Is that right? It's a progressive thing. Now, we, we looked last week at where some serious mistakes were made by the man in the, in the story that went to get his concubine and then they kept hanging around and were days off of schedule, if you will, and wound up leaving at the wrong time, wound up at the wrong place and some horrible things happening to them. That's right. Would it have been any different if they'd left at daylight Three or four days ago. Now if you weren't here with us. Again you need to hear that. Does it matter. If we're at the right place. At the right time. Or if we're at the wrong place. At the wrong time. The spirit of God's endeavoring to lead us. Every child of God. And he's endeavoring to lead us somewhere. Good. Into something. Good. The enemy is also trying to lead us. You know where he's trying to lead you? Somewhere bad. You think about the timing it takes to be in the middle of an intersection at exactly the moment a person who started getting drunk 
14 hours ago, comes blasting through there at 90 miles an hour. Seconds earlier, you miss him. Seconds later, you miss him. Come on, are y'all with me? It's a setup. Oh, it's just chance. That's people that don't believe in spiritual reality. The enemy is always trying to set us up. Now, a good part of that, it proves he can't just do do stuff to us because he wants to. He can't. He has to use us against ourselves. Huh? He has to work us through our own flesh. And what you'll see is people are being misled, led out of the will of God, led into destruction where they are stolen from, hurt, killed by things like Procrastination, laziness, anger. How many folks, don't raise your hands now, I'm just talking generically here, got so mad and just ran out and did something and something terrible happened? Why? They didn't realize it, but when they followed that anger, somebody else was leading them, had them by the nose and led them right into a trap. That can absolutely change the course of your life. So you got to make up your mind if you want to be safe. You got to make up your mind. Anger does not lead me. Somebody needs to say that. Anger, rage does not lead me. I don't do things, I I don't make decisions because I got mad. You get real mad, it's time for you to get quiet. Go set yourself down somewhere and do nothing until you get cool and get straight about what the Spirit of God is showing you on the inside. People get depressed. How many people have in a fit of depression taken their life? Teenagers, so sad, teenagers committing suicide. If they could just live as long as some of us, they'd realize, so your girlfriend dumped you. Go have an ice cream and take a nap. And I would say five years from now, it'd be hard to remember. In their life, it's more like 30 days. Not to belittle it or minimize it because the feelings are real. And if you've never dealt with heartbreak before, your first time can seem overwhelming. And the devil will lie to you. Nobody's ever felt like you're feeling now. It's just so terrible. You can't live like this. And people act on desperation. And the devil leader, then if somebody died, it's not hard to figure out who's leading that. Right? Who comes but for to steal and to kill and to destroy? So they didn't realize it, but when they followed the depression, the devil was leading them. Leading them into death and destruction. Somebody say, I refuse refuse to be led by depression. depression. I don't make decisions based on depression feelings. I don't make decisions based on anger and rage. 
thus being led by feelings and by the flesh, which ultimately is the enemy leading you. We don't want the enemy leading us, do we? No. But the Spirit of God will lead us through love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith and faithfulness, meekness, temperance, self-control. The Holy Ghost will say, get a hold of yourself. (laughs) Won't he? Sit down there. Quit that. Cool off right now. Button that lip. Don't you do a thing. You you go take a nap. (laughs) No, you're not calling anybody right now. You're going to kneel down there and pray for an hour. If you listen to the Spirit of God, He's going to lead you the way of all those things. Love, joy, peace. And how many know He will save you untold problems? He'll save you accidents and lawsuits and divorces and ulcers. Come on, are y'all with me? He will save you all kind of problems. And actually lead you out of problems into victory. If we'll follow him. I said, if we'll follow him. But is he going to make us follow him? He says, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If you want to hear my voice, you want to hear what I got to say, what do you got to do? Open the door and say, please, Lord, please, would you come in and help me with this? And then be genuinely willing to do whatever he tells you to do. And when your heart gets willing, your ears become hearing ears. You can actually begin to hear what he's saying. Now, uh, go with me to, actually, let's go to Genesis right now. Genesis 3. And then I think we'll go to 2 Kings 13. And we're going to get a lot out of this. You know what's exciting about this? The truth arms you so that you are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. And when, you, when we get these things established in us, the enemy will come and try to lead us into a trap. We'll see it coming a mile away. We'll go, uh-uh, nope, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Is, is that worth a little, little bit of our time tonight? Absolutely save us. From the enemy, some kind of setup that he had for us. He's a persistent cuss. He will work on some kind of trap for you for 30 years. See, we, being mortal like we are, we, we, ha- we don't think like spirit beings that have been around for millennia. He'll sow a seed and he'll try to work you into that trap for 50 years. If you don't bite the first three or four hundred times, no big deal. He just keep working it. Just keep trying to maneuver you. Just keep trying to get you mad. Keep trying to get you upset. Keep trying to get you depressed. Keep trying to, and, and, and maybe you come close one time. Well, that's just encouragement. Then we're on the right track. Pour it on some more. But if we'll follow the leadings of the Spirit of God, we can keep Him waiting. And we can miss trap after trap and miss setup after setup. Does that sound good to you? Yes. And just keep missing them. And be kept by the goodness of God. Now some of these things I I need to uh, repeat a time or two. Because some mind renewal is is needed here. Before we read this, I want to read the verse we just read again. 1 John 2.24 
What did the Spirit of God say here? Let that therefore abide. What does abide mean? One word for abide is stay. Let it stay in you what? That which you heard from the beginning. If that which you heard from the beginning shall what? He uses another word to emphasize from another angle. Remain in you. Then you will continue. What happens, looking from Hosea, when you continue, if we follow on and we stay with it, we'll know. We'll know. So if this is true, and obviously it is, what's the enemy going to try to get you to do? He's going to try to get you off of what the Lord gave you from the start. And here's the thing. We're talking about hearing from God. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. And it is so important to learn that we can hear from Him specifically, directly, to learn how He communicates with us, these kind of things. But here's the truth too. You can absolutely hear from the Lord. I mean genuinely hear from Him and be 100% clear on it and still totally miss it. That's what happened right here in Genesis where you're holding. Genesis, the third chapter, verse 1. Now the serpent was what? More subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Ephesians says when it talks about spiritual warfare, it doesn't talk about warring against the might of the devil. It talks about against the wiles of the devil. That's his trickery. That's his schemes. He's he's very tricky, very deceptive. And he said to the woman, what did he say? Has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said, you know, we're not real clear on that. What'd she say? We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Is she confused? Does she sound confused? No. You know, sometimes people have said, well, he didn't say don't touch it. How do you know? (laughs) They had conversations all the time. She's clear. I said, she's clear. Does she sound confused to you? According to 1 John... What are you supposed to do? Stay with what God gave you from the beginning. Is that right? And if you'll remain with what God gave you from the beginning, then you're going to continue with the Son, with the Father. Uh, The path is going to get brighter. You're going to follow on. You're going to know. So what's the enemy trying to do right here? What did he say? Verse 4, you will not surely die a, a we might say a bald-faced lie. What's he trying to do? Get her away from what she knows God said. And it worked. It worked. They have heard from God. They do know. Don't eat of that tree. Leave the tree alone. If you do, you'll die. 
They're not confused. They're not standing out there going, God, if you'd just talk to us about the tree. What about this tree out here? What, what, what's going on with this? No, they are crystal. Somebody say crystal, crystal. They are completely clear. And yet, even though they've heard from God, and they know exactly what he said, and they're completely clear on it, they still, both of them, totally missed it. Because they let the enemy lead them away from what they had at the beginning. They, through what the enemy's reasoning and subtlety, through looking at the, the tree and imagining the fruit and imagining the benefits of the fruit, it became what used to be very simple, became complex and complicated. And they got away. And what happened when they listened to that and went to take of the fruit of the tree, who's leading them now? Why are they doing this? Because of what the enemy told them. They have forsaken what the Lord told them, and they're doing what the enemy told them. They're not following their creator anymore. They're following the serpent. And where did he lead them? Into sin, disobedience, distrust of God, and death. Somebody say, don't follow him. Don't, don't follow him. 2 Corinthians 11.3, he said, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Truth is always simple because it's true. It's real. It's right. But the enemy will not leave you alone just because you see it and know it clearly. And we live in the perfect environment for him to thrive. <laughs> Being so heady, so intellectual. And what that is, is pride. Pride of intellect. Pride of intelligence. And the enemy loves it. Oh, he loves it. That's one of his favorite things. That you think... You can match wits with him. It's laughable. He's been doing what he's been doing for millennia. He's seen everything that can be seen and heard with human beings. We talked about that during Greater Faith Conference. If the enemy can get you over in the reasoning realm, he'll defeat you every time. But if you'll keep him over in the faith realm, faith doesn't have to understand. Does it? Faith just accepts what God said. That's it. Right. Yeah, but what about? I don't have to know what about. Yeah, but what if? I don't have to know what if. What if Eve and Adam had stood their ground right there and said, yeah, don't eat of the tree. That's it. Yeah, but you won't have said, shut up. No buts. God said, that's it. Y'all are just simpletons. Yeah, and safe. Amen. <laughs> See, didn't he say, I'm concerned about you, Corinthians, that you be removed from the simplicity. Yeah. Who's trying to remove you from the simplicity? 
Another way of saying the simplicity is remove you from what you were so clear on at the beginning. Yes. Amen. Now go with me please to 2 Kings 13. Say it out loud while you're turning. Stay, Stay. with what he told you. The first time. <laughs> just stay with what he told you. What if Adam and Eve had just stayed with what he told them? The enemy is using the exact same tactics on every generation of human beings since Adam and Eve. He doesn't need to do something different. It's working all too well. He tried it on Jesus. Jesus is my hero. Is he your hero? Yes. He tried it on Jesus. You remember? He, he tried to tempt Jesus, and Jesus said, it is written. That's it. So you know, what does the enemy do now? He comes and starts with, it is written. He's tricky. He's tricky. It is written. He'll give his angels charge over you, and they'll bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You believe that verse, don't you? Don't you? Well, then leap off this pinnacle if you really believe it. Oh, you don't believe it? If you believe it, jump. Prove it. Prove your faith in God. Leap by faith. <laughs> this is the devil talking. He's talking about faith, and he's quoting scriptures. He's tricky. He's tricky. Did Jesus say, yeah, it does say that. It does say that. Was he confused? Did, did he wrestle with it? No, because he knew other scriptures. I said he knew other scriptures. It is also written. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And the enemy could not confuse him or corrupt the simplicity of the truth of the word with him. So he couldn't lead him to jump off in a tempting God situation. He, the enemy was unable to lead Jesus ever throughout his whole life. Do you want to be like that? No matter what he did, Jesus wouldn't follow him. He only followed the Father. Now, uh, with that in mind, 2 Kings, we're going to read a few scriptures. 2 Kings 13, verse 1. Open your spirit real wide for this. Somebody said, well, this is Old Testament. Yeah, it is. And New Testament says these things were written as examples to us. So what are we supposed to get out of this? Let's see, am I reading in the right place? Let me see. First Kings, where you need to go. First Kings 13. Somehow or another, I put a two instead of a one. First Kings 13, one. We're going to read several verses here. So, uh, 13, one. Behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. So, why did this man of God come? By the word of the Lord. He heard something. And uh, verse 2, he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord. He said, O altar, thus says the Lord, 
Behold, a child shall be born into the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon you, upon this altar, he'll offer the priests of the high places that burn incense to you, and men's bones will be burned upon you. And he gave a sign the same day. He said, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. It came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar in Bethel, he put forth his hand from the altar. He said, lay hold on him. He's going to hurt him. Because uh, you talk about politically incorrect. They're having, they got high places for other gods in the country. And man, I mean, it took some bravery, some courage to stand up in front of the king. And say this. And so the king figures he's just going to kill him right now. He points his hand. He says uh, lay hold on him right now. And the hand that he stuck out dried up. When he did. <laughs> you know, It doesn't pay to mess with true people of God. That man didn't do that. He brought a curse on himself. By opposing God. Who sent that man over there? Who told him what to say? See, this king is actually opposing God himself. He's so ignorant at this time in his life, he, he's doing that. So he, his hand that he pointed to say, get him, dried up, and he couldn't even pull it back in. Verse 5. The altar also was rent. Exactly the sign he told him. It didn't happen years from now. It happened right now. That thing ripped apart and the ashes fell off the altar. According to the sign the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. The king answered and said to the man of God. Entreat now the face of the Lord your God and pray for me. That my hand may be restored to me again. That's a big change. From get him to could you pray for me. Big change. How many know that's what we need in a lot of situations. Is the power of God manifested. It would shake up some things wouldn't it. He said, entreat now the face of the Lord God for me and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me again. And the man of God besought the Lord and the king's hand was restored him again and became as it was before. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. And the king said to the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself and I'll give you a reward. Now he's talking about serious money. By today's measure, he's probably talking about at least Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And stuff. Jewels. Clothes. I mean. When the king gave you a reward. It was a big deal. And the man of God said. If you give me half your house. I would not go in with you. Neither will I eat bread. Nor drink water in this place. <laughs> Woo. You can't be timid and be a man of God. Now can you? You've got to just wade right on in. Where other people will not dare to go. He, can, he said, because it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that you came. Now, it's important we stop right here. Is he clear on what the Lord told him to do? Yes. Somebody say, crystal. crystal. What does he say? I mean, to be that bold with the king and to forfeit all this money and stuff, you need to know what you're talking about, right? And he did. He didn't hesitate. He said, no, 
I, I, I will not go home with you and I won't eat with you. I won't eat a piece of bread. I won't drink a cup of water with you. If you give me half of everything you got, I will not come home with you. No. Why? Because it was charged me. That's a strong word, isn't it? Charged me. By the word of the Lord, he told me, eat no bread, don't drink water there, and don't go back by the same way you came. How many think when the Lord tells you something real clear, what should you do? Do Do exactly what he said to do. Verse 10. So he went another way. He's doing exactly what the Lord told him to do. He returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he spoke to the king, they told to their father. I mean, this went all over the country, as you might imagine. Supernatural sign. The king's will is completely stopped. His hand dried up. How many think that went all over the country? I mean, and then nobody touched it, but the altar just ripped apart. Supernaturally. And now all the stuff fell out. Uh, you, when that happened, what do you think you heard throughout the whole crowd? <gasps> Ooh. And man, this went all over the country. People said, did you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened? Well, it got to this man. And he was a, a prophet. He's older. They told him. Verse 12. Their father said, which way did he go? And his sons had seen which way the man of God went and came from Judah. And he said to his sons, saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass and he rode thereon. And he went after the man of God and found him sitting on an oak. And he said to him, are you the man of God that came from Judah? He said, I am. He said, come home with me and eat bread. Now just stop right here. Why of all the things, is that what he wants him to do? Simple. Why of all the things in the world that the enemy could talk to Eve about, does he want to talk to her about doing the one thing the Lord told them don't do? Why? He's trying to lead you away from God. He's trying to lead you out from the protection of God so he can get to you. He can't touch you in the palm of his hand. Remember that? He can't. I don't care what he wants to do. I don't care who he is, how long he's been around. He can't touch you or me as long as we're doing what God told us to do. So, the only thing he can do is through his trickery, through his subtlety, his deceptiveness, his get us to ignore what we plainly know God told us to do. Now, you would think this would be a hard thing to do. And yet, he's doing it right and left all over the world. So when he says, come home with me and eat bread. Why not? Let's sit and have a conversation about the things of God. Why not? Let's go over here to the restaurant and eat. Why? Right? Let's go over where the Lord said you could eat. Why come home with me? Back to the very place God told him, don't eat and drink in that place. The enemy's behind this. And even though this man was a prophet, he's yielding to the flesh. And the enemy is tempting this other man of God through this man of God. Can you see this? Verse 16. He, what did he say? Well, what are are y'all going to have for supper? (laughs) 
I am hungry because I couldn't eat with the king and I've been on this trip all day. No, no, no. Was there something to discuss? Something to examine? Something to clarify? No, immediately he says, I can't go back with you. I may not. I can't go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. That sounds very familiar. Why? That's exactly what he told them. Why is he so clear on it? The Lord charged him this. He was very straight with him about this. Verse 17. It was said to me by the word of the Lord. (laughs) You shall eat no bread nor drink water there nor turn again to go by the way that you came. It's an exact quote every time. He's saying it verbatim. Could you be any clearer? Verse 18. And the man said, I'm a prophet uh, just like you are. Well, that was true. The Bible said, if the Bible says you're a prophet, you must be a prophet. Old prophet. He said, I'm a prophet like you. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord and said, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water. An angel of the Lord, through another man of God, told you to ignore what the Spirit of God told you to do. (laughs) Yeah, but he's a prophet. Well, in this case, he really was. But prophets can lie. (laughs) He was a real prophet, but he's a man. He's got flesh. He can yield to the wrong thing. Somebody say he lied to him. What did the devil do to, to Eve and Adam? Lied to him. Lied to him. That's what he does. 19. So he what? Went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Doesn't this make you just want to cry or cringe or, huh, or groan? What, what do you think? What? What? You reckon you've ever done that? (laughs) Then we can't throw any stones at the man of God. Is it possible to genuinely hear from God and be absolutely clear on what he told you to do and still completely miss it? It is. It's happened too many times. Why? 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 Because you didn't stay with what you heard from the beginning. You didn't continue and you didn't trust what you know God gave you in your own heart. You let somebody else cause you to override and ignore your own heart. Because of who they are. What they said, what they said they saw, what they said they heard. He went back with him. Ate bread in his house. Drank water in his house. And it came to pass as they sat at the table. They not even threw with the meal. That the word of the Lord came to the prophet that brought him back. This is a real word of God. Coming through a man that just lied. Somebody says, I don't understand all that. It's simple. How about you? (laughs) Are you capable of yielding to the Spirit of God in the morning? 
and yielding to the flesh in the afternoon of telling the truth one day and telling a lie another. I didn't say you should. I said, are you capable of it? Even though you've been born again. Why? Because we can follow whoever we choose to follow. God's not going to make us. It's our choice. Whether it's right or wrong. The word of the Lord came to the prophet that brought him back. He cried to the man of God that came from Judah and said, Thus says the Lord, for as much as you disobeyed the mouth of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back and you ate bread and you drank water in the place which the Lord said to you, Eat no bread, drink no water. How many times have we read that? Your carcass will not come to the sepulcher of your fathers. Is it going to cost him? It's going to cost him. Should he be upset with this man right here? (laughs) Come on, are y'all with me? Should he be infuriated with this man right now? No. Because that man did not make him do anything. Who did God tell? Don't eat any bread. Don't drink. Him. Is that right? What's, who's this between? Him and God. If somebody comes and tells you, yeah, but God told me this. You need to say, well, he didn't tell me. And until I've heard from him different, I have to stay with what he told me from the beginning. Man, this is so important. Oh, who knows? The multiplied millions of times. People have been misled and led into destruction because even though they did hear from God and they got it clear, days passed, sometimes hours, but sometimes weeks and months or longer, and for whatever reasons, they let it go. And they compromised. And they said, well, okay. I know he said, but you know, (laughs) no, do not, let's not allow ourselves to be removed from the simplicity of the word from God. What did he say? Don't eat of the fruit of the tree. Period. Come on, somebody help me out with this. What? Don't, don't do what? Yeah, but no buts. Yeah, but what about, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I got it. God told us, do not eat of the tree. Leave the tree alone. Don't mess with the tree. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Look, listen, you're an intelligent person. Don't be so narrow-minded. You've got to be open to other. No, no, no. No. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to talk about it. You keep talking, I'm leaving. In fact, I already gone. That's safe. That causes you to remain untouchable. Is it true? In the palm of God's hand. Doing what he told you to do. Nobody can touch you. First John talks about this. If you believe God and you follow him, he keeps you and the wicked one touches you not. Can't touch you. Oh, he wants to, but he can't. He can't. And if he just keeps bugging you day after day, week after week, well, you know, don't be such a stickler on that. Do this, do that, and you go, nope. No change. I'm going to say the same thing next week, too. 
This is what the Lord said. Don't eat any bread there. No water there. I don't eat there. <laughs> yeah, but they got a sale, two for one. The buffet's wonderful. I, I don't care <laughs> if they got the best food in the world. Isn't that what he told the king? He was so clear. He said, I don't care if you give me half of everything you got. That would have made him probably a billionaire by today's money. He said, I don't care if you give me half everything you got in your kingdom. I will not sit down and eat a biscuit with you. And I won't even drink a cup of water with you. Why? 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 Because the Lord said. Keep reading. You did it. It came to pass after you'd eaten bread and after you'd drunk. He saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet who he had brought back. You know he felt guilty. So he said, here, you need to ride my donkey. So he did. And he hadn't been gone. I guess a matter of minutes or hours. And guess who met him in the road? A lion. And killed him. And his carcass was cast in the way. And the donkey stood by it. And the lion stood by it. Well, that's not what lions do. They eat their prey. This is a sign. Behold, men passed by and they saw the carcass cast in the way, the lion standing by the carcass, and they told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, Ask the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. <laughs> well, you really want to slap this guy, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's the man who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord delivered him to the lion. And the lion tore him up and killed him according to the word of the Lord which he spake to him. You know, that, that, that prophecy came through me. <laughs> and he spoke to his sons. He said, you need to saddle my donkey. And they saddled him. And he hurried over there and he found the carcass. And the donkey standing on one side and the lion standing on the other side. Well, the lion would have probably killed the donkey too. But this is a sign. Lion didn't eat the carcass of the man of God. And he, he didn't attack the donkey. And the prophet took up the carcass of the man of God. And laid it upon the ass. And he brought him back. And the old prophet came to the city to mourn him. And bury him. And he cried and cried. And he laid him in his own grave. And mourned over him and said, my brother, my brother. It came to pass after he buried him. He spoke to his sons. He said, when I'm dead. You need to bury me in the sepulcher where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. I bet if you'd have asked that other guy, he'd have said no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> bury me anywhere but in that guy's tomb. But he can't say anything about it right now. So. <laughs> For the saying which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. Mama, why? Why did he do it? Why did the guy lie to him? Why did he let him talk him out of what the Lord told him so clearly? The Lord gave us a statement in the series some time back relative to covetousness. And uh, the Lord gave me this phrase, and we shared it during that series numerous of times. If you want it too much, you'll go too far. 
Anybody remember any of that? We talked about that. It's been months ago, I guess years now. If you want something too much, you'll go too far. Without going to all the scriptures, one place says your covetousness has blinded you. That's another way of saying the same thing. If you want it too much, you don't see what should be obvious to you. If you want it too much, you're too willing to make compromises. You're too ready to bend this or or, or change this. And it's not because you think it's okay. It's because you want it. You want it. And that's what the enemy uses. We talked about the Lord will lead you by his spirit through your spirit in the inside. But the enemy is going to try to lead you how? Through your flesh. And through desires. Lusts, Galatians called them. That just means strong desires. Why did that man, the old prophet, go to him and lie to him? This This man's a prophet. His whole life's about spiritual things and about God and the reality of God. He's an old prophet. I don't know how much has been going on in his life recently. Maybe not enough. But here's a man of God. Shakes the whole country. God does through him. I mean this this gets his attention. This is like pouring cold water on his face. I mean he, he... He wants to be in on this. He wants to be a part of this. And so he rushes over to the guy. He wants to bask in his glory. He wants to be a part. He wants himself to be associated with it. Why? The man that shook up the whole country is staying at my house. Yeah, we're prophets. We hang together. And was willing to look at him in the face and lie about an angel telling him something. Why would you, why would you do such a thing? Because you want something too much. You want something you shouldn't want. And you want it enough to do things you shouldn't do. Come on, can you see this, friends? If you want it too much, you'll go too far. Now the man himself, the man of God that God used so powerfully, why did he listen to him? Why did he go back to his house? He wanted something too. There is the natural thing of a good meal, the comfort, but I believe there's much more to it than that. He's used to shake a whole nation And he doesn't even get to stay five minutes and talk to anybody about it. He's back on the road right by his lonesome. For all he knows, nobody but the king and the guys there knew about it. Not even one little blip in the paper. Not even... And here is a man who's obviously one of the head spiritual guys in the whole country. And he wants to bring him to his house and obviously make a big deal out of this. And he is too willing to go, sure, if God told you. Well, let's go. 
Come on around with me, friends. Wanting something you shouldn't want. Wanting something too much makes you vulnerable to being misled, to being deceived. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to the book of Acts. Get ready to shout. Man, this is, I know some of this is sobering. I know last weekend was sobering. It needs to be. These things are serious. If you ignore what the Lord tells you to do, you can get in serious trouble. You can get in a place where you're not supposed to be and the enemy get access to you. It's very, very important that every day of our lives we seek to be led by the Spirit. And we do what he says and we don't let anything change us off of it. Very important. And if we'll do that, he's able to keep us. Keep us day after day, week after week, month after month. The enemy keeps trying to set us up and it just doesn't work. It didn't work then. It didn't work again. It didn't work again. Bound to frustrate the enemy's emissaries when their assignments keep getting ignored. I mean, the enemy worked for 20 years to get you at that place at that time and you just didn't even show. You didn't even show and he couldn't even really tempt you to go because you just sit there and go, no, the Lord told me to just sit in the house today. I don't know what's up, but I, I just know I need to keep myself right here. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, but they're all going and it's been planned for six months. I know, but uh, no. Phyllis, you know, mentioned a few weeks ago, good friends of ours. I mean, people we've known for nearly 40 years, close, close friends in ministry. Uh, we started ministry together. And uh, when was this, the, the, the big tsunami that happened over in, in Asia? Anyway, they were, their whole family was scheduled to go vacation there for Christmas. And it had been planned for months. And, and they're little girls. And they're born-again people, spirit-led people, ministers, good ones. And they got up that day, and the, uh, the man, he, he, he said, I, I have a check. I have a check about us going. That was an unpopular word. <laughs> to the wife and to the little girls, after all of this, we're not going. And, and he, he just kept checking his heart, kept checking his heart, and he said, I... I'm sorry, but I, I really have a check about this. And nobody was happy about it until just a few days later when they would have been right there on that beach. Thousands of people got killed. And there are people, I guess, in their church and in their partners would have said, I just don't understand that. Why didn't God protect them? In that case, he would have tried to. But if you won't listen. But in that case. They're alive and well right now. In ministry. Hallelujah. Flourishing. Oh how they thanked God. For sparing them. And keeping them. Look with me in Acts. Acts 20. And let's see about 22. He said. I go bound. Paul said I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. What does it mean bound in the spirit? In his spirit, by the witness and dealing of the spirit, he said, I got to go. I know I have to go by the spirit of God in me. Not knowing 
the things that shall befall me there. Now I don't care if you're an apostle of God who's had multiple visions of the head of the church. You don't know everything. Amen. He's not going to tell you everything. But he'll tell you what you need to know. Amen. Our job's not to figure it all out. What's our job? Don't let anybody move you off of what you know he told you. He said, not, not knowing what's going to befall me there, but the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions are waiting on me. Every town I go through, the Spirit of God is witnessing and letting me know that incarceration and problems are waiting on me when I get there. <laughs> but I want you to notice the next verse. But, oh, somebody get happy about this. But what? None of these things move me. Somebody need to say it out loud. None of these things move me. Now, the, the very next phrase tells you why he's so immovable. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. The biggest thing to him is not whether he's okay or lives or not. The biggest thing to him is to finish my course with joy and the ministry that I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And that makes him where nobody can talk him out of what God told him to do. You can't scare him. About what if he dies? You can't alarm him. Because what if he goes through some challenges and afflictions? Because the thing he cares most in life about. Is doing exactly. What the Lord, the head of the church. Told him to do. And when you get like that. Nobody can talk you out of it. Nobody can move you. Can you say glory to God? Look in Acts 21 to see what he said. When he says none of these things move me, I hadn't seen this as clearly as I see it right now. He's not just talking about the bonds and afflictions waiting on him. He's talking about the people trying to dissuade him and talk him out of it. He just got through saying every town I come through. The Holy Ghost is witnessing. And here it happened again in the 21st chapter. You get a specific example of it. Acts 21, 4. Finding disciples, we tarried there seven days. And they said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Skip down to verse 10. As we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And he, when he's come to us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and says, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. Is he hearing from God? So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle and shall deliver them into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we, now this is Paul's own company, including Luke and those guys. We and they of that place besought him, don't go to Jerusalem. <laughs> Is everybody awake? Yeah. 
important to get this because theologians wrestle, have wrestled for centuries over this. There's people that teach Paul missed it by going to Jerusalem. Obviously, because the Holy Ghost told him again and again and again, don't go up there. But did the Holy Ghost tell him not to go? No. Examine the language. Back up. This is important. Back up to the fourth verse. 21.4. Finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, and they said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. First of all, these are not prophets. These are what? Disciples. And they didn't say the Holy Ghost said. It says through the Spirit. I believe it's the Williams that says because of impressions made by the Spirit. They said, the disciples said, didn't say the Holy Ghost said it. They said he should not go to Jerusalem. Now look at verse uh, 10. We tarried there many days. There came down from Judea a certain what? Prophet. Named Agabus. Are there prophets in the New Testament? Yes, there are. And when he was come to us, he took Paul's girdle, tied up his own hands and feet, and he said what? Thus saith the Holy Ghost. Now this is not because of an impression made by the Spirit he heard the Spirit say these exact words. Big difference between these two verses. And what did the Holy Ghost say? Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. No, 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 no. He said what? The man that owns this belt is going to be tied up just like this. And it's going to be turned over into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, here's the mistake. People will assume, well, then don't go. What did we just get through reading? Paul said, I am bound in the Spirit to go. What does that mean? Is he confident he's heard from God? Is that right? I'm bound. I got to go. I got to go. Now you got people telling him, because of impressions made by the Holy Ghost, don't go. The prophet spoke by the Spirit, but he didn't say don't go. What did he say? This is what's going to happen. And Paul said, every town I go in, the Spirit of God is telling me, what's he doing? Getting me ready. Verse 12. When we heard these things, both we, this is his own close traveling companions, as well as these other guys. They said, well, Paul, please don't go to Jerusalem. And Paul said, well, man, with all this prophecy and everybody picking up these things, I thought I had it that I was supposed to go. But you know, these guys are, they're spiritual too. Let me just get through reading. None of what things? All these perceptions and, and things that people are picking up in their spirit. Oh, friend, this is so important. It's possible to pick up something right but to put your own interpretation on it as to what it means. Amen. Amen. It's possible to genuinely discern something. What were these people picking up? That he's going to get, uh, he's going to, we'd say, get in trouble. He, he's going to get incarcerated. But it was the plan of God. Amen. Amen. 
Anybody remember? Paul used to be Saul. And on the road to Damascus, he saw a bright light. And he saw the master. And what did the voice tell him? Fear not, Paul. What? He said, among other things, you're a chosen vessel to me. You're going to bear my name before the kings and Gentiles. I'm going to show you what kind of things you must suffer for my name's sake. He was supposed to stand in front of those kings and preach to them. We got record of it in the word of God. What did he say? What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? What are you doing? I mean, even his closest closest friends and companions were pulling on him saying, Paul, Paul, please. How can we get this through your head? Do not go to Jerusalem. And what does he say? None of these things move me. I'm sorry, Luke, but you don't move me. Brothers, sisters, pastors, I love you. Quit trying to break my heart and get me to miss God. I'm ready not to be bound only. I'm ready to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And what they say? Well, you're missing it. I don't care what you say. No. What they say? We quit. We cease saying what? Well, the will of the Lord. Be done. So they weren't convinced that it wasn't God's will for him to go. He was strong. Was he not strong? He was strong. Even those closest to him. Once he had heard from God. You could not move the man. Isn't this wonderful? Nobody. How many understand. I don't think anybody else. Well well, I I don't have to think. Nobody could have come up to him. And said an angel of the Lord told me. To tell you not to go. Because they're saying through the spirit. We've got it through the spirit. That you're not supposed to go. He said no. No 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 no. You're right. You picked up in the spirit. I'm going to have problems when I get there. I hear that every town I go to. Just one Holy Ghost, right? And people that are spiritual are picking up the same thing. But then they put their own interpretation on it and try to tell him don't go. He said, quit that. Quit trying to break my heart. Quit trying to move me. Quit trying to get me away from what God told me to do. I am bound in the Spirit. This is my destiny. This is when I got born again on the road to Damascus. The Lord told me this was going to happen. And I am going. And I am preaching to kings. Hallelujah. I'm going to stand up and give my testimony. And they couldn't scare him about dying. They couldn't scare him about going to jail. And when you are not moved because you don't want the natural things more than you do the spiritual things, you become one that can't be moved. The enemy does not have the leverage on you. It's when you get so scared about, well, my relationship and and my this and, and my family and my finances. And what if I die? Honey, you're about to die just in about that much longer. We got to get rid of the fear of death and the fear of temporary discomfort and become so focused on the will of God and the plan of God that whatever he says to us, that's it. And whatever it takes, we're on a mission and we're going to get there no matter what it takes. And when you become like that, you'll say with Paul, none of these things move me. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. 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 Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory be to God. 
Oh, somebody say glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Close your eyes if you would. The thing that made them vulnerable was wanting something they shouldn't want. Wanting it too much. The thing that made Paul unmovable, he didn't love his life. He was willing to sacrifice it in a moment, if that's what the Lord told him to do. Everybody said out loud, Father God, you are my life. I died, and my life is hid in you, in Christ. You are my life. Hallelujah. Forgive me for caring too much about things of this life and being moved from what you said. I purpose to lay it aside and to not love my life even to death because it just means I'm coming to see you which is happening soon anyway. Oh, thank you, Lord, for a resolve, for a commitment, for a fully committed heart, for grace, whereby I may serve you completely, well-pleasingly, whereby I may run my race and finish my course with joy hallelujah oh let's just lift up our hands and praise him for a little bit let's lift up our hands and thank him and praise come on thank him some more praise him some more Lord we worship you Lord we give you the glory Lord we give you the praise we give you the adoration oh somebody say bless you Lord bless you praise you Lord Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Phyllis, would you come, please? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just lift up your hands, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You know, the, the greatest and hardest thing that you have to do, and you know, even I had to learn it in the ministry, in doing what God tells you to do, you can't let anyone sway you. That's the greatest thing. And even with Keith and I in the ministry, sometimes you have to watch the person that you're closest to's flesh. Because when you love somebody, you love their flesh. And I know I have to watch it even with Keith. Like, he'll get something from the Lord 
and my flesh won't want to do it because I didn't get it from the Lord. So it's not as strong in me as it is in him because he got it from the Lord. Don't go back there and drink and eat. So it's strong in him. And he'll say, we're going to do this. And I'll go, but but can we do it this way? Or can we do it that way? And if I don't watch it, I'll push him into compromising and changing what the Lord told him to do. Does that make sense? And if you don't watch it, you will let the people you love and the people around you change what God told you to do. God told you to do something. And He was very clear with you what He told you to do. But because you love those people around you, you'll change and compromise and cut corners and try to make it easier on them by cutting those corners. But what you don't realize is in the long run, those corners that you cut and those things that you change are going to hurt them more. Because Paul, in doing that, it wasn't the easy way out. But in the long run, it was the right way for him to accomplish what God called him to do. And it didn't look easy, but in the long run, it was the exact way God had planned for him to do it. And if he'd listened to all those people around him, he wouldn't have accomplished what God told him to do. And I have been guilty. I've just, even now, repent for not when Keith gets something because it's not so strong in you. Your spouse, your pastor, your boss, your whoever's around you getting something, your husband, your wife. It's so easy. Just a husband and wife situation. When they get something, just what he was talking about, those friends of ours, the husband got that. And it's real easy to say, well, can we just go for a short time? Or can we just leave now? But if you got it from the Lord, it doesn't matter if everybody around you gets mad at you for a season. That's right. That's right. That's right. You got to stand firm and stand your ground. Yes. Yes. And you got to do what God told you to do. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And God will be there with you to help you accomplish it. Hallelujah. Because people don't understand God said do it this way. Because they don't see it the way he gave it to you. And it doesn't make sense a lot of times when God says do it this way. Did it make sense when he told Paul to do that? No. But when he says do it, he doesn't even give you the whole picture. Much less them. They're having to trust you. And they will trust you. If they see it happen again and again and again and again. And glory to God, I do trust Keith. Because it does happen again and again and again. But you know what? Even still, over and over again, when he'll say, you know, Phil, we need to do this. And we need to do this. And I'll think, but you know what? The people are, and I'll fight for you. The people are going to be tired. Or this is going to happen. Or this is going to happen. Or are you sure it's going to be late? Or it's going to be, and, and I will try to fight what God said. 
But we don't want to do that, do we? We want to do exactly what God told us to do and get the exact results he told us to get. We don't want to go, can we, and start changing what God told us to do. So say, Lord, with your help, I'm going to stand strong and accomplish exactly what you told me to do the way you told me to do it. And I will receive receive what you gave me me with your help. help. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.